0: You're listening to Kayama Community Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Neil Riley, and we're a couple of weeks late, but that was George Reuter's version of Old Lang Syne. What a sensitive and beautiful rendition! Such talent. Well, happy New Year from all of us here at Kaima Community Radio, and welcome to 2021, or 2021, I think is probably more appropriate. It's easy to slip into the negative of 2020. But we ask you, as Robbie Burns did in the poem Old Lang Syne, to take a cup of kindness, welcome the new year, and maybe remember the good bits of the old one. Robbie Burns wrote Old Lang Syne in 1788, a significant year for us here in Australia. And on the 26th of January, we commemorate the British coming here and over in India on the same day they commemorate them leaving. I mean, it's a funny kind of mirror image of national days. Now, I've got a keen interest in history, but many of the subjects I'd have liked to have interviewed, well, they're they're no longer with us for a, well, let's say, a live interview. They've passed over. So undaunted by this, I decided to do their interviews with me as them. I'm calling it Interviews from the Other Side. The views expressed are mine, and it's my take on how these historical figures from the past might respond to today's question. The first on this Australia Day edition is Captain Cook. So stay tuned for that and for the latest instalment of the cryptic Kayama clues at the end of this
2: episode.
1: Hello, welcome and good morning, day or evening, wherever you may be. This is Neil Riley and you're listening to Interviews from the Other Side. As an explorer... My guest is second to none. This man has been around the world, up and down the world, and in and out of all the nooks and crannies of the Pacific, Atlantic, North and the South and the East and the West. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain James Cook. Welcome aboard, Captain. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Tell me, how do you find it on the other side? Most pleasurable, Neil. And please, please call me James. Well, thank you, uh, James. Uh, Tell us what makes the other side most pleasurable. Well, it's largely the company. I've met people, heroes and hobos, who've made the human race such a wonderful species. It's fun. Anyone in particular? I'm always looking for interviewees. Well, Neil... Have you heard of Star Trek? Yes, but that was fictional. Oh, aye, but Gene Roddenberry is real. Uh, Really? He was. He was the creator of that wonderful programme. He gave me the most fulsome of compliments. Said I was the inspiration. (laughs) Me? Yes, James Kirk. James Cook. The USS Enterprise HMS Endeavour. I wrote in my journal, The ambition leads me farther than any other man has gone before me. He said... James, as you know, I'm an Australian, and when I was a boy, I was taught that you discovered Australia. Uh, Let me just stop you there, lad. Uh, I no more discovered what you call Australia... Uh, the new discovered fried rice. It was always there. It was always used and enjoyed by, by millions of folks thousands of years before I got there. I mean, I, I found it. But history tells but it us. wasn't lost, if you catch my meaning. OK, I, I understand. Oh, history is a load of bunkum writ by buggers who knew nothing about what they want but what they want us to believe. Most of it's made up to serve a specific purpose. I bumped into the place, made the odd map. I called places names to impress my employers. I didn't discover the place. <laughs> it were always there. Pardon me, I'm reverting to my Yorkshire. What led you to a life of exploration? Well, <clears throat> well, as I said, my ambition was to go further than any man. And I meant it. Most folk, where I come from in Yorkshire, hadn't been further than a cow could wander. As a lad, I was apprenticed to be a a shop boy, and that's where it started. Behind the counter? Well, in Mr Sanderson's store, while staring out the front window, and (laughs) there she was. Well, the future Mrs Cook? Well, in in a manner of speaking, you could be right, but... No, Neil, it was the sea. What a sight. She rolled and swelled and crested and broke. She went on and on and on, and the tide and the wind carried ships and folk to places I couldn't even dream of. Suffice it to say, I didn't exactly work out at being a shop boy. You could say you became a ship boy instead. Well, you could say that, but I wouldn't. Sorry, James, I just can't help myself sometimes. That's all right, lad. I understand. I went on to become a seaman, a merchant seaman. I took an apprenticeship. See, I I do it myself. After a time, I, I joined the Royal Navy. Out of a sense of patriotism? No, lad. Out of a sense of career advancement. Much quicker in the king's navy than the merchant's meanness. So what, what was it that made you such a, a proficient sailor? Sun, stars, compass, protractor and pen. In short, I understand maps. And I could read them and I could make them. So using sextants and measuring sun and moon set you apart. That and an accurate clock. A clock? Yes, you see, longitude is more difficult to measure in those days because it... It requires precise knowledge of the time difference between the points on the surface of the Earth. You see, the Earth turns a full 360 degrees relative to the Sun each day. Thus, longitude corresponds to time, 15 degrees for every hour or 1 degree for every 4 minutes. I knew this. It was your first major voyage that brought you to Australia. Almost an ancillary objective. Uh, we came to observe the transit of Venus across the Sun from Tahiti when combined with observations and other places, it would help us determine the distance of the Earth from the Sun. So you did it for science? I was under orders. So it, it was that, as, as well as science. And the fact that I would receive 100 guineas in a gratuity. In addition to my naval pay, no true Yorkshire man could refuse that. Plus... I was promoted. You circumnavigated New Zealand on the way back from your observations of Venus in Yes, with the invaluable help of an accomplished navigator. Another? Tupa Aie, an exceptionally talented Tahitian aristocrat and priest who helped guide me, stayed with us for our trip up the east coast of Terra Australis, we had some rough times on the coral and we did what we could, but then headed off to proper repairs to that Dutch disease ditch of Batavia. The modern city of Jakarta. Did you consider Tupa Aiyei as a friend? I consider him a colleague. Tupa Ai was a shrewd, sensible, ingenious man, but proud and obstinate and often made his situation on board both disagreeable to himself and those about him. I liked and respected the man, but culture and circumstances, he, he sadly died there in Batavia. To change the subject uh, slightly... Uh, what? Uh, f- forgive me, yes. On the 29th of April, 1770, you made your first landfall on the mainland of the continent of Australia. What were your impressions? Um, <clears throat> my impressions were captured in my journal of the day. That—that uh, That is the record. However, I, I came ashore with Banks, Solander and Tupayai and tried to converse with the natives who were none too happy about us being there. Uh, could you speak with them, uh, the, the natives? <laughs> no. But I could see their faces. We left some nails and beads and they seemed not displeased, and I mistook their agreement as, as a beckoning. And when we moved forward, they grasped their spears, and, and one threw a stone. I fired a musket between them in response. I thought this demonstration might see them off, but it did not. They stood, tall and defiant. They gathered more spears. I fired more shots. And the buggers moved aggressively forward again. (laughs) These were brave chaps. Banks was feared that the tips of their spears and their darts might have been poison. Were you scared? Not till Banks spoke. The natives were far from being afraid. And they were moving forward and acting in a way that, that made me concerned. We withdrew. I hate to mention it. But your third voyage. Your last. Yes, it was. It was. Tell me, Neil, are you trying to create latitude between what happened with the natives of Botany Bay and the events of the 14th of February, 1779? Latitude? A parallel. No, I I just... I've made some very poor decisions. Shooting at the natives was one of them. But trying to kidnap a king over a missing rowing boat, well, that was a big one. Quite, quite fatal. Look, I was just... Look, Neil. History is a tool. It can hammer a head or it can shape one in marble. People want to knock down your statues. I have statues? Many. My maps are my monuments. A folk of a mind to tear them up? No. Good. Look, I, I certainly don't think that No people... man can live up to other folks' expectations. Not as queer as folk. you know, your house has been removed from England and rebuilt in Melbourne. If it weren't me, it would be some other bugger, but it was me. Look Neil, I'm dead. Two and a half centuries ago, we looked at the world as if we owned it, and we did for the most part the most part that was known to us. We assumed that we owned the rest as well. I don't take any pardon for what I was. My legacy is my maps and my observations. They will not change like human judgment does. I were not entirely happy with King George. You may not be too happy with your leaders, but you carry on. What I'm talking about, time has nearly run out. As a ship's captain, is there anything we might learn from you? For our lives in the 21st century. I know people now will be judges. Judges of every degree of my life. I say, up and good luck. What I did was my duty. Sometimes you must listen and sometimes you must tell. You might benefit from this. In my scribblings, to be a good manager of people requires both fairness and bluntness. Tell it straight, lad. Thank you, Captain James cook. No, thank you.
2: Sail on Against the tide Sail on Oceans deep and wide Sail on On the waves they ride, sail on Stars and sun to guide Dream of sailing across the sea No walls to close him in at all The boat will keep him high and dry First mate catch him if he falls Sail on Against the tide Sail on Oceans deep and wide Sail on On the waves they ride Sail on Stars and sun to guide From Tahiti headed east calmed and drifting through the day Whatever happened on that fateful night With one man's life he had to fight Appeared without a trace Was he both the price he paid Or just the strangest twist of fate No SOS or search to save Sail, Sail on. on Against the tide Sail, Sail on Deep and wide Sail on On the waves they ride Sail on Stars and sun to guide Sail on
1: That song was Sail On by the Water Runners from their album Heading
2: south.
0: Hi everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Cryptic Kiama Clues. Fred Hollis again for the quiz show where we ask three questions about the Kiama local government area, its history, geography and people of interest. The questions and correct answers for the last quiz are as follows. Question 1. What is the name of the air show that occurs annually, except for COVID-19? At Shell Harbour Airport? Well the answer is Wings Over Illawarra. Wings over Illawarra is Australia's largest annual air show and it's on this year from the thirteenth to fourteenth of November. I've been to the air show a couple of times and it's a great experience. I love the FW one ninety, the Spitfires, the Avenger and the F eighteen shows. The air show usually includes ground displays and flying demonstrations, vintage car and motorbike displays, children's rides and other aviation exhibitions. In 2021, the event is expanding to include the New South Wales Drone Expo, which sounds very interesting, the Oz Flight Sim Expo and a general aviation precinct. Question 2. What is the name of New South Wales's largest family-owned and operated water theme park? Well, that's Jamboree Action Park, and apparently it's where you control the action. Question three. What geological formation just north of Kiama has a religious connotation? Well, that's Cathedral Rocks. And the winner of the tenth quiz is... Robert Sandy of Epping. Robert will receive a winner's certificate suitable for framing... Congratulations again to Robert. So, to the next three questions. Question 1 What winery near Gerringong involves a river that is not a straight line? Question 2 is multiple choice. How long is the Kiama Coastal Walk? Is it A. 12 kilometres long, B. 17 kilometres, or C twenty kilometers. Question 3. What bird has been honored by a metal sculpture at Kayama Harbor? If you know the answers, you should email KCRadioContent at gmail.com. I'll repeat that KCRadiocontent at gmail.com. You can also see the clues in our weekly newsletter. The first, neatest, correct entry that answers all three questions will be announced in the next podcast. Remember to leave your name and suburb so we can give you a shout-out and send you a certificate recording your achievement. And as usual, no correspondence will be entered into. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to answer those three questions. And remember what the Dalai Lama says, once a year, go someplace you've never been before.
1: I'm Gwen Shepherd. Join me on Mondays for Around the Arenas, KCR's sports program, where you'll hear what's been happening in sport across our region. I'll also talk to sporting identities to get an insight into the sports they're involved in. If you'd like to send me information about your sport or club event to be included in the program, email me at kcradiocontent at gmail.com, and I look forward to seeing you around one of our sporting arenas. Thanks for listening and joining us here at Kiama Community Radio for this episode. Goodbye from from Neil. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved
2: and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.